0: Welcome to another episode of Brazilian Talk, today is May 26, 2011, and I'm your host Rodrigo Brandão. This past Monday, a famed environmentalist was brutally assassinated in the state of Pará in the Brazilian Amazon. The man was well-known in Brazil and abroad as Zé Claudio, and together with his wife Maria, they were fighting illegal loggers in Pará, while also developing new, sustainable ways for the local population to live off the Amazon while also preserving the forest. Zecláudio was shot and killed along with his wife in Nova Ipixuna, a small town of 15,000 people. In this exclusive interview, I speak with our journalist Gabriel Elizondo, who is in a nearby town called Marabá, covering these still unfolding events. So Gabriel, um, first of all, as I understand your works you're covering the, the death or the killing of Zaclaudio Ribeiro da Silva and Maria dos Espírito Santos da Silva in Pará right now, is that correct? That's correct. Can you start by telling us a little bit about the work that José Claudio and his wife, Maria Silva, were doing
1: in Pará? They lived in a sustainable reserve about 40 kilometers from the town of Marabá. And uh, they were basically uh, environmentalists. They were trying to preserve the Amazon, but still live and work in the Amazon. So they had uh, sustainable development projects within the forest, uh, for example, uh, nuts, oils, uh, these products that they were able to extract from the Amazon in a sustainable manner. And that was what they worked on. Uh, but clearly, this area of Pará is very much a uh, uh, heavily deforested area, and they're obviously a lot of big powerful interests that according to police uh wanted to have them killed because it infringed upon the work of it infringed upon the work of the uh, illegal robbers.
0: On a blog post published yesterday, May twenty fifth, uh the reporter Gustavo Bonfiglioli, uh from Estadão wrote that Sir Claudio and his wife Maria were living in one of the few areas of the Amazon forest in Pará that were not occupied by illegal loggers. And it's clear from the little I know about his work that he was trying to change the dynamics between the community there and the the illegal loggers. Can you tell me how he was doing that and how, how he was kind of shaking the status quo of the area? Was he starting to convince locals that it was to their advantage to have a different kind of relationship with the
1: loggers? I kind not of have a bad connection, so I missed the last five words of what you just said, but I think I understood the question. I mean I talked to well, my first day, I, I didn't know that Claudio personally. So what I'm telling you based on at least more than a dozen interviews I've done in the last two days or two and a half days on it, but I want to make it clear, I didn't know him personally. I've known other people like him, and I know really the loggers, and I've done a lot of work in here over the last four years, but I didn't know him personally. Okay. But what I've been told is that the way it he works here in the Amazon, and I do know this from personal experience, is there's two ways to deal with the Amazon. There's people that live here all over the Amazon. Uh, many are poor, with not a lot of opportunities, and they have, they have two ways of dealing with it. They can either exploit the Amazon by working for illegal loggers, or, and there's a new push for this, especially in Amazon State, to try to show local people that live in the Amazon how to protect it, but still make money off of it and still survive and, and make a living off of the Amazon. Mm-hmm. And those are two very contradictory, not, not contradictory, but those are two very really different ways of looking at the Amazon. And here in Pará State, uh, this is not my opinion, this is just fact. The state is almost entirely wiped out of Amazon forest. I mean, everyone will tell you it's one of the most heavily deforested states the Amazon states in Brazil. Yeah, Pará state is a very heavily deforested area. So what José Claudio, is what Claudio was doing with his wife, is they had this reserve and they had a couple hundred families living on this preserved little piece of the Amazon in Pará state, a tiny little piece, compared compare it to the entire Amazon. And they were, like I said, doing sustainable projects they were extracting things from the forest without touching the forest and and it was working. And this was a threat to the illegal loggers. That's what I'm told from the people that have been following this case for following him for, for a long time. That was a threat to the illegal loggers, and that's why he was getting death first.
0: And can you just tell us a little bit, of course, the Quadro Flores style, the, the new forest legislation was just voted in the House of Representatives in Brazil today, and I think it passed. And it's now up to be voted in the Senate in a couple of months. This couldn't have happened at a worse place, you know, the death of a, a leader like that. How was the response of the political community in Brazil? What have they said about the scaling?
1: Uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, I was working on the story all day yesterday. I got on a flight at 4 a.m., so. I can't really give a good, uh, educated opinion on how Brazilian politicians are looking at the death of uh, these murders, to be honest. Right. I mean, just based on what I see, I don't see a lot of talk about it, but I will tell you, here in Marabá, where I'm at right now, uh, at the wake today, right at the, uh, where the bodies were in his house at the wake. I can tell you there's several hundred people there at the course of the day, and I did not hear anybody talking about the political photo style here. Uh, it's very much a, a very theoretical, uh, Brazilian type of thing going on, and right here on the front lines in Marabá, uh, on the front lines of Amazon deforestation and people trying to preserve the Amazon, at least today, there was a year of talk of the Cogida Florestal. Everyone was talking about the death of Jose uh, uh, DiCoglio, at least his friends and neighbors and everyone that was feeling his body too. Of course, worse. I
0: mean, this is such a tragedy, and especially given that he gave a talk, of course, last year at the TED Talks, and he spoke about the death threats that he was receiving and how threatened and how afraid he was about his own life. Thanks all for covering this event for Al Jazeera.
1: Um. Okay, no problem. Yeah, I'm in my in my story we just went up on the Al Jazeera website, I included some of his talk from the uh, from the TED uh, from the TED event. So uh, that might be you just went up on the website. It's a video story just went up on the website in the last hour. Maybe someone check out the link to it. Later. That's great. Thank you so much, and I'll make sure to link your story to this podcast. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay, no problem. You can call any time. Thanks, buddy. Okay, sir. Bye.
0: Bye.